Hello and welcome, and we're back with episode 22 of The Money Talks. And I'm so glad because today we've got our third female co-founder on the show. And uh, we've got the one and only, who, uh, a female who's actually putting other females on the map. Uh, we've got the one and only Ragini Das. Hi, Ragini. Welcome to The Money Talks. Hi, Iris. Thank you so much. Very, very glad we're finally doing this. I know it's long overdue. And uh, I like that you call me a female co-founder. Nice. We just spoke about this. But but yeah, very, very good to be here. Yeah, as, as, as you know, I don't like that tag female co-founder, you know, I, yeah. I'm pretty much a, but but since, you know, I'm also somebody who believes in numbers, we thought, well, you're number three, might as well point that out. But I don't think I'll be calling you female co-founder after this. So, yes. uh, <laughs> so Ragini, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What, 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 uh, what do you do at Leap Club? I know we're going to talk a little more deeply about Leap uh, at the end, but what do you do at Leap and what does Leap do? So Leap is uh, now almost a year-old startup. We launched in May this year. Uh, we're a paid private network of rising women leaders. We have a very simple mission. It's more women in leadership positions. And uh, what I primarily do is I run operations for it, right? Right from onboarding members, right from engagement, right from, of course, there's, there's hiring, there's fundraising. There are 10 things that you have to do as a founder, uh, which I only found out this year. But uh, that's <laughs> what I do at Leap. <laughs> Good. And we're going to get to, into it a little more deeply. But before that, I really want to talk about you, your life story uh, and, and, you know, what actually got you to this point where you where you're uh, leading such an important uh, mission. Right. And I think um, an important mission, not just for all the females, but also for the men uh, yeah. that want to support females uh, in, in uh, higher up roles and to break that glass ceiling. Uh, so and I think I think maybe some part of it also comes from your upbringing, because uh, if I can call you, you are an army brat. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've uh, your father retired as a colonel uh, in 2011 from the Indian Army, and uh, but but would you consider yourself? Do you identify yourself as an army brat? Like, is so, there so what's I, the qualification? I, yeah, so, so, so I will go with army kid versus brat. Uh, of course, there it's assumed like it's assumed that there's a cult in all of that. But I think growing up as an army kid, uh, to be very honest, and, and that's in fact one of my favorite pictures. It was, it was this is Srinagar. Uh, oh, wow. Too. And uh, I think growing up as an army kid, to be honest, AD, it just gives you a strong sense of community, right? And I think we have no real homes. Uh, you get used to kind of being on the move all the time. You get used to changing your schools and seeing new faces every two years. And I, I think your neighbors and your fellow regiment officers and their families, they end up becoming your family, so to speak, right? And of course, this also means that we don't have friends we've known all our lives. Like like how you said, I'm a, I'm a sober boy, right? Like, so you, I'm sure you have friends who you've known all your life. We don't have that, right? We also don't have the luxury of staying close to our cousins or our grandparents and all of that. But I just feel that the relationships that you build they really grow you so much, right? And not just culturally, even, even as an individual. And I think people keep talking about the perks and which is where the term army brat comes from, right? Uh, so of course there's constant travel. Of course we have Olympic sized pools and of course there's horse riding and golf and no one else is playing golf your age, right? But uh, I've also seen the Kargil war up close. I've had bunkers behind my house uh, around that time. I have 
stayed away from, in my case, my father who was in the army, right? Every time he had a field posting. Uh, so, so, so yeah, it, it comes with its pros and cons. Uh, it teaches you a lot, right? It teaches you adaptability. It teaches you independence. It teaches you yeah that is that is i think i think that's from instagram i'm, I'm not too sure very nice i like how you picked up these pictures from i have no idea where but that is my dad uh, he does not uh, have I, 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 I have a special i have a special batch of oompa loompas out there looking for photographs <laughs> no but, but i think uh, my favorite part about being an army kid uh, is that i think it it, it teaches you it teaches you that everyone, first and foremost, is Indian, right? Yeah. Uh, where you come from, your religion, all of that, it just comes later. And to be honest, it doesn't come up at all, right? And and that's something I'm very, very proud of. And uh, yeah, I think as we always say, if it's a cult, it's a cult. You can tell an uh, army kid from a distance. But then you went on. I think you went on to Lancaster. You did your... Uh, uh, you know, your MBA from... Uh, was it a B It's an MBA from Lancaster, right? Mm-hmm. It's a BBA. A BBA. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but you chose to go to UK, the UK school instead of the US one. And, you know, it's more cool, I guess, to be in, in the US school. Uh, not, not, I'm, not, I'm not for or against any one of them. I'm just saying, yeah, why yeah. do you choose the UK, UK BBA versus the US one? Because it's... No, I'll tell you what lot, happened. Yeah. 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 Let, let me give you some backstory, right? So, so broadly, I am a Malayali. I was, of course, born in Delhi, but I was brought up all over, right, from Srinagar to Chennai. Uh, so I've moved around pretty much, I've changed eight schools, I've moved around all my life. Uh, and I think for college, uh, specifically, I think I was uh, looking at Christ. There was Simbi, there was MOP Vaishnava in Chennai that I'd gotten into electronic media, and I had no idea what it was. But I was like, okay, it doesn't look really bad. I'd, I'd done schooling in Chennai, it seemed like a decent option. And then Goenka and Delhi had just started their affiliation with Lancaster in the UK. Uh, so you get to learn the same uh, business administration curriculum and you also get to kind of spend time there. So I took that up. Uh, I did my BBA uh, because this particular degree would also give me that one extra year which you need for a US MBA, which at that time, like every other person was the goal. Right. I'll, I'll go. I'll finish this. I'll go do my master's. I'll go do my MBA from this college in US. And like everyone, I was thinking like that. Uh, obviously, it did not happen. <laughs> right after college, I picked up a role with Trident, which was also not the hotel, by the way, which is a manufacturing yeah. company. Uh, and I went to Ludhiana because, uh, hey, army kids can work anywhere. So how bad can it be? And that's what I did. <laughs> Wow. So I thought you were still working because uh, you finished your internship in Hyderabad. I thought Trident was you're probably working in some office in Hyderabad. You went to Ludhiana all the way. Ludhiana, yes. And, and, and I mean, Trident, I wouldn't call is a very old corporate because they're a 1990s uh, founded group. Uh, and but but again, you know, Ludhiana is a very strong textile, you know, uh, foothold in the country. But what what did you learn from this experience? Because again, 1990 still would not call it really a startup. Very old yeah, very old school. Yeah. What was what did you take away from that experience? Because you were you were handling key accounts over there. Yes. So I basically joined them as a frontline entrepreneur for their sales and marketing team. And while I was of course dealing with the Ralph Lawrence and the JC Pennies and it sounds fancy, right? I'm working on SAP. Um I was learning quite a bit because uh, they used to pay really well. I'm sure they pay well even today. 
but i don't know why it it just was not my calling right i kept at it for a year cuz i was like i cannot give up right i i did not enjoy it at all but how can i give up and uh, that's when zomato happened for me in 2013 um when zomato also started by the way it was always going to be a two year thing and then i'll go do my mba like every mm-hmm. other person yeah but uh, no i fell in love with the company i stayed there for 6 years but uh, people keep talking to me about you know oh my god ludhiana how do you do it all of that um but credit where credit due i think it taught me a lot it uh, taught me number one that you have to truly enjoy what you do on a daily basis right you have to want to wake up in the morning and go to work um it taught me that not giving into peer pressure will actually serve you in the longer run because like everyone else okay. i could have gone on and done my masters uh but i think my biggest learning uh and and you know anand my co-founder keeps telling me why but i think my biggest learning is that money is important but it does not solve for everything right I took a 50% pay cut AD when I joined Zomato in 2013. Best decision of my life. Like literally wow. the best of my life. 50% pay cut. Yeah. And obviously you you joined at that time which was only a 5 or 6 year old company. You didn't really know I mean this I is you're, to, you're talking about just restaurant listing company at that time, right? Like yeah. and early days of startup like what was the conversation like with your father like your father had retired and you you know you're like this is that I'm going to I'm going to quit Trident and all this awesome money I'm making in Ludhiana which is also lower lower cost of living over there and I'm yeah. going to move to Delhi I'm going to join I'm going to join a startup 50% pay cut and it's going to be awesome Move to Hyderabad actually so I started with have... Hyderabad yeah we were eight people in the team I was the only girl in the sales team back then um and I, it's very funny how that happened right so I actually interned with Standard Chartered um uh, and someone who i worked with there his brother used to work for this company like you said was a listing company they used to collect menus but very surprisingly they had a great culture they had bean bags and they had all these things that everyone wanted right in a, in a perfect office and uh, as cliche as it sounds it had something to do with food so of course it piqued my interest and uh, i think in my 6 years there uh, to be honest i i of course led various sales and growth roles i a move multiple geographies even then because that kida kind of never goes away um i started with hyderabad i moved to bangalore for 3 years i moved to delhi end of 2016 and that's when delhi happened for me um even in my last 2 years at zomato i was basically a leading international expansion for zomato gold which is today zomato pro it's it's one of the largest fnb subscription programs in the world and we scaled that to 10 countries so i basically spearheaded the launch in turkey australia middle east um new zealand all of that yeah this is in fact one of the first the like gold hadn't even launched this is literally i think july august when we were just starting up and it was not even called gold uh again the only girl what, here well, yeah, exactly <laughs> what's interesting you're the only girl here yeah yeah and and i mean and that's true for everyone and we'll definitely talk about that right but i think i saw that journey from 0 to 2 million users when that's when i left right and i think lots of learnings right lots of learnings and also the most fun i had like last two years of the matter was probably my top because uh, it was a startup within a startup and yep. uh, 
and and that is very very important and i think before we get into pro well i want to talk to you about like there's obviously a big difference moving from a conglomerate kind of and, and obviously a founder led company like uh, like trident to moving to more of a startup oriented multiple founders multiple heads of department you know heading stuff yourself for zomato what, what would you say was the biggest difference uh, working for an indian conglomerate versus working for an indian startup so i think startups or zomato in general and i'll just speak for that it just teaches you everything you need to know in life right and and not to see i didn't work as hard i think i am someone who likes to give my 100% regardless of where i work right today if i work at leap or i'll work at zomato or i work at trident i want to give the same thing so keeping that aside i think the sense of ownership of uh, the sense of decisiveness um and i think for me why zomato stood out and why that you know why i i stuck around for 6 years stunning colleagues like absolutely a1 colleagues um zomato taught me that while it's important to be a family uh it's very important to be a very solid sales team and it's very important to be a very solid sports team also right which means that no one can drop the ball ever and uh, wow. i think we we speak about culture quite a lot right and even at leap we do and and half our team is exomato uh but uh, but but i think zomato really really shows you that and i think all startup too right um so so yeah i think that was i, I want you to elaborate a little bit about 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 having a sports culture right and it's not obviously it's for having a sports team kind of a culture that no one can drop the ball what does yeah. that mean how do you tra- how does that translate into a business uh, atmosphere so so for me that completely translates to ownership right um not to say that it's not okay to make mistakes cuz your team can't feel that uh yeah. but also making the same mistakes again and again is not okay so knowing that and working on that right and 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 yeah i think i think i'm i'm reading uh uh this this book called no rules rules i'm sure you heard about it everyone reading it right now uh, read hastings and and i think they talk about culture quite a lot which is very very netflix is very very different from a zomato or a leap or you know any other company that there is but i think if there is a sort of culture i i truly look up to or aspire or want um in a startup that i'm running or i'm a part of or whatever it is right it will be that and 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 i think that is very very important and 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 i'm sure i've already heard and i've already interacted with your team a little bit uh and i can see that culture it's not it's not just about the two founders it also percolates all the way down how are you how do you protect that kind of a culture like so so we keep talking about this one thing right we and and i'm very proud of the fact that i think everyone who works at leap thinks like a founder right hmm. and thinking like a founder also means that they work equally hard uh, if not more they uh, know that they can take decisions um they know that we'll back them up uh, and more importantly they know what are the right decisions to take right have we got hiring 100% on point no do i struggle with it every day yes do i have gray hair because of it yes uh but we're getting there we're, we're getting there one day at a time hopefully i think it's it's one of the most important parts and i read this in a book called the 3g way uh, is is that to make sure your team has the ownership uh mindset right that everyone thinks like you just said that they are the, they are like a founder they are like the owners of the business right and and think of the business and make decisions as if you were running your own business 
And yeah. imagine if you, instead of two owners of the business, if you had a hundred owners of the business, you'd be working at the speed of light, right? Absolutely. And things would be getting executed exactly precisely. So such an important thing you brought up and I'm so glad we, we get to talk about that uh, and we'll, we'll elaborate on that a little bit more. But let's talk about how did this Zomato Gold idea come up? I know you and Anand both were part of this uh, initiative, but how did the idea come up in, in a company like Zomato? Because by the time this came alive, I think you guys were in the hundreds of employees uh, yeah. and no, no longer a startup. It was no, no longer three, you know, a small email chat group and, mm -hmm. and a decision is made and something is launched. This is now a solid company and you lost something so massive, it broke the internet for a couple of days from what mm -hmm. I remember, right? I remember like people scrambling to get an invite code to, to get, you know, a Zomato Gold membership. So this was, uh, and I remember my father talking about it. My father never talks about tech. So for him to say, you know, because, you know, in our, in our hotel, people were showing up saying, hey, uh, I have a Zomato Gold membership and, you know, where's the discount? And, and he was like, what the heck is Zomato Gold, right? And, and <laughs> so, so, him sold us something right <laughs> exactly right but, but in a company like that you know both of you guys in basically running a startup within a startup what was the thought process how did you guys execute that uh, and, and how did you guys sell the management and the investors on it they'd be great great for all of us to learn from yeah uh, so Zomato goal actually started off as an idea back in 2016 um, the first time it started and the first time Zomato did this was actually not even in India. India, which is, of course, the HQ and it's the first place where Zomato tests all their products. That's not where we first did it. We actually did it in um, Portugal and we actually okay. did it in the UAE. So it started with those two countries. It was okay, right? Like there was one plus one on food uh, and there was two plus two on drinks and that's how it was working. And it was okay, like literally just about okay. And uh, the plan to launch India was actually early 2017. That was the initial plan. So the photo that you actually showed where I'm standing like this, uh, was this is around, I think, March, April, when we were still kind of working on the product benefits and all of that. And Anand, this was Anand's second stint. So he joined us early 2018 when we were okay. at about 1,000 members. And um, so, so yeah, I think 2017, we actually started uh, going to restaurant owners in India. And we started a oh, wow. them, um, about, I think, 400 in Delhi, 400 in Bangalore, 400 in uh, Bombay. And the three major cities is how we're going to start with. And we started getting a lot of feedback, right? We started getting a lot of feedback on, yeah, this is okay. It helps us fill tables, but how much will come? Uh, what is the discount percentage? And the, and the numerous questions I'm sure you already know, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but I think I remember uh, Zoravar Kalra. He told Pankaj Chadda, who was back then still at Zomato, and of course, he's the co-founder at Zomato. He told him something very interesting. He said, you know, I think PC, you're trying to build a loyalty program. Uh, but and, and we had some certain conditions. We said you can only go to a restaurant once or you can only go to X partner. Or you can only use it so many times. He said you can't build loyalty when you give restrictions. Right. Yeah. And that made a lot of sense, right? And if this literally meant that we have to go back to 1,000 restaurants, retrain them, speak to the owners again, get them uh, okay and on the same page and get the contract signed and do all of that. And even if this means you have to push the launch, you have to push the launch, right? And that's what we did. Now, wow. push, oh, okay, this has become, I think, around October, November. And we're like, okay, let's let's launch in 10 days. And and we just started this waitlist model. We said, join the waitlist. Something cool is coming. We'll let you know. 
that's it like no science no this thing literally like you said chat room conversation that's yep. how most decisions at zomato i think till today are taken and and that's what i that's what i love about it right and uh, and that's how it started and then this was 14th of november in fact wow literally <laughs> exactly yeah and and uh, i think we started and and we got in 24 hours 10000 members and the piece yeah. like bantro shut it and i was like what are you saying like we have literally like you said broken the internet and uh, we said okay let's let's shut it and i think we tweeted saying we're closing memberships and uh, that's that's how zomato gold happened and that's how the waitlist came in and that's how this this entire fomo concept at least landed in my head um and I, and i saw it work right and this is not an india thing we went back and we changed a little bit we tweaked the product by the way because this worked so well we went back to uae we went back to portugal we tweaked it southeast asia happened turkey happened australia happened and 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 these two things worked really well everywhere and and yeah that's that's how um that's that's the gold mine we kind of got and just kind of answering i think ashwin's question he said have you seen any common things that went right wrong through the experience of launching all these products i think one thing that we did right was that i think usually most companies uh, especially indian companies right like when we launch abroad we say that let us do this we know this we know the market but to be honest indians don't know jakarta they don't know manila they don't know what works in melbourne right so actually what we did right was we got agencies i mean we got right. alan lowe jwt we got all these like literally the like we had 10 agencies pitched to us i went there myself uh, you have to know the culture you have to let people tell you what works you can't go blindly with i know this works in india so this will work so so that yeah. balance is super super important and uh, yeah we we let those uh, agencies do it for us and and that's 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 what really really worked uh pricing, fact, even, even in india i don't think you can just take the same approach all across the 32 states right yeah. it's it's impossible because it's a completely different cultures from east to west north to south so uh, you know you're absolutely right it, it, just like you can't export a product from here to jakarta you can't export a product from here to calcutta with the yeah. same messaging and expect them to understand Absolutely, it's a completely you different culture. There, you have to use Tamil in Chennai. You have to yeah. use all these things, right? So, so I think localization was super, super important. And even English-speaking company, even English-speaking countries, to be honest, right? It's yeah. what works in Melbourne will not work in India. Uh, yeah, we, we very had, true. We had we had Zomato Gold with like the logo with a burger dripping uh, be behind all the grabs in Jakarta. because that's what works they're always stuck in traffic right yep. uh, i have to do the same thing in uber in india i don't know maybe it will work maybe it won't we don't know right so so i think that was super super important no it's always important to remember i mean and and just digressing from our overall conversation but there's something known as a law of diffusion of innovation and it it splits the market into four different segments you've got the innovators which are 2 and 1/2% Then you go thirteen and a half percent, which are the early adopters. Now these are the guys that stand in line the first day an iPhone comes out, right? This is the guy that that you know every single person, for that matter, every time something new comes out, they need to have it because that for them that that is a high. And yeah. then after that, you have you know a, a major chunk of the market, which is thirty two percent, sorry twenty thirty four percent, 
which will be what they call the early majority, which is, and then the late majority which is another 34%. And then you've got 16%, which are the laggards. Now, don't worry about the laggards. If those guys were still, if they could use a dial-up phone, they would still be using a dial-up phone and dial-up internet, right? So since that's not possible, they have to move. But many times, and I find this with, you know, many times with early entrepreneurs, they try to pitch to that majority. But honestly, those are the, if you try to pitch to them, you lose all the early adopters who really are the influencers. Yeah. iPhone cannot be afforded by everyone. And that's the key of why iPhone is iPhone and where Samsung is. Because Samsung pitches to everybody. And iPhone only pitches to those first guys. And then they, they convince people like us uh, and, and to sell kidneys or whatever the heck we do to buy, to buy, buy iPhones, right? So it's very, very important. Yeah, as, a, as an entrepreneur, try not pitching to the majority, try pitching to the early guys, they will get you the majority. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later uh, uh, when we talk about membership fees. Uh, so now let's talk about what inspires you. You know, you, you built a fantastic startup inside a startup. That startup itself is now a unicorn. You've been there six years. So obviously, you've got some bit of vested equity in there and you're doing well for yourself again, right, after, after Trident. And then you, you know, you go and tell your father, you know what, uh, uh, I'm going to quit everything and I'm going to go start this little uh, experiment, which I'm going to call Leap Club and become a founder. And, and what, what, what was the motivation uh, that led to that decision? So it wasn't even called Leap Club. Uh, if I tell oh. you the name, I am very embarrassed. It was what our legal entity today is. It was Conflict. Yeah, which means nothing either way. But he uh, actually started off with, with something that Anand and I, and of course, he was my boss at Zomato. He used to lead goal for us globally. And in fact, like I, I worked uh, with him for the last, you know, two years there that, that I spent building Zomato Gold. But we used to keep talking about AB how, while of course, there are multiple platforms uh, that, that, you know, help with professional networking, jobs, um, I think job reviews, all of that, right? There is just literally nothing that helps you get from point A in your career to point B, uh, A being, of course, where you're at right now and B is where you want to be, right? And for most people, that first phase comes in the first five to 10 years of their careers, right? Where they want to move to the next level, don't know how to, I think I was, I was there as well, right? So I think we've all been there. Um, the days where your bosses and your, office and your work is going to kind of help you get to that next level that's gone and i think that's the truth everyone knows and since you're a founder you'll know that even as an entrepreneur it's a very very lonely journey like they have no very true yeah uh, on, on so, sunday on some days more than others yeah <laughs> or on yeah. most days more than others yeah. on most days yeah absolutely yeah. and i i feel that burnout right like last one year versus when i spoke about having that family having that sports team it's this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ended up actually speaking to almost 500 people we, for just basic research, see if there's any need to the problem, right? So we asked them what they do for their professional growth. We asked them, okay, what is it that you need? Now on the need part, a bunch of things stood out for us, right? Executive coaching, which if you asked me two years back, I hadn't even heard of. I thought Deep Kalra is great because he just is that great and he goes to the stage and he talks the way he does. I had no idea that people have coaches, right? Um, they spoke about executive coaching. They spoke about being mentally happy. Uh, they spoke about access to a strong network that can actually help you in your professional growth. 
Um, they spoke about, of course, access to industry icons, which most people don't have access to, right? And lots okay. of killing tools, like how do I go to the next level and what is that shortcut, so to speak? And basis that is how we started imagining all of our benefits, right? And like I always say, call it as a matter gold hangover or whatever. The first thing we imagined was, okay, let's build a membership, right? Uh, so, so of course, it's a paid membership. We combine network, support, learning, coaching, and, and that's how all the benefits in some sense have uh, shaped up. Now, other, another very important thing that stood out, right? Because this is just like one other idea that many people can have. But what really stood out in this, in this particular research really was that um, when we spoke to women, right, mm-hmm. they spoke about this with a lot more passion. Um, I think for us, the journey is 10 times harder for various reasons, which I don't even want to kind of get into. But right, in India has, I think, more than 1.3 million women, and these are, of course, income tax numbers, who earn more than 10 lakhs a year. They pay their taxes. They're on their way to leadership positions. We just want to help them get there. And I think more importantly, help them stay there, right? Because that is something no one does anything about. And uh, I think when we decided to build this for women, when we decided that, okay, let's be clear about what we are and what we're not, right? And I hate that I have to call this out all the time, but we're not a Nari Morcha, right? We're not, it's, it's not social charity. I don't think empowering women is social charity. So yes, of course, I call this a movement. I call it a mission. But 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 when people look at it as a not-for-profit, I hate it. We're a paid membership. I think we have enough solid women in India globally willing to pay us for their professional growth. And, and that's what we're building, right? So yeah, today we're at 500 members. This is across primarily Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore. But today also members in Jakarta, London, Singapore, oh, wow. Malaysia, Dubai. Uh, it, it's online. It's an online world, right? So it's global now. And we have another 200 members joining us on the 1st of December. Uh, so, so yeah, 7,000 women on that wait list waiting to join the movement. So I think there is enough to do. There is enough market size, uh, uh, as, as any VC would call it. And uh, yeah, I, I think we're just getting started. And, and like I said, in the last six months of running it, we figured what works. We figured what doesn't work. We figured what needs to tweak. Uh, but but yeah, I think if there is any goal, it is one which is members have to win, right? And and that's something that we have to constantly be at it for. So true, I, I, and you know, I think without obviously getting into the male versus female conversation, I, I just think and and someone who has a number, I think forty percent of our current staff strength is female, uh, and it was I think sixty percent at one point. Uh, so it's it's we've hired some people that brought, brought it down, but I've realized that it's, it's all, I, I don't think women are out there looking to be recognized. Uh, they don't, they don't identify with the feminist movement, but they do, they do identify with the equality movement, right? We need, we need equal pay. We need equal responsibility. Look at us the same way. I think the feminist movement is a whole different story. Let's not get into that, but, but well, what I- you're doing, you there. I want to correct you there, Edie. So, so I think this misconception of what feminism means is, is, is something I want to talk about, right? Feminism is nothing but equality. It, it, it literally means that women should have whatever men have. Absolutely. 
but unfortunately we live in a society country where everything feminist is nari mocha i am a male hater i am a man hater i am a this i am a that and i i have had so many of these conversations they're like oh she's become a proper feminist are what does that mean <laughs> i just mean men and women have equal rights and that's what we fight for that's exactly i mean i, I honestly and this like we could take an entire episode to talk about this i think there is a sect of feminist feminism that has just gone rogue and has yeah. started to say you know the best the better way to show equality is to show that we're one up on the other person but then that's exactly what the male chauvinist does right so so you can't have those you know we're talking about let's be equals and we are equals right in in every sense of the word you know two eyes two legs two hands and uh, and so on and so forth so for, i mean I, what i'm trying to say is i i maybe is because of that extremism that's come out in the feminist movement that probably that i don't identify myself as a feminist if you if you if, if you would but i do identify myself as an you know someone who wants equality wants equal opportunities for for everyone no but I, I, think i think i can you're a feminist right because i think ad every time leap has posted something on twitter every time every time we've done something you have gone ahead and shown your support right like i think regardless of investment no investment whatever right and i just feel and and i keep talking about our cap table also i mean we have five women but we have so many men we have so right many too. like i mean you have a male co-founder who cannot even sign up as a member on your own app yeah. which is which is i think a very interesting conversation <laughs> to have i love him uh secret information <laughs> but but yeah and that's the biggest statement right my my co-founder is the biggest feminist i know ever like there are times where he is like no this this can't happen or you can't see this or this right because there are enough men like that right and in fact just just speaking about that cap table right of course even when i met sandeep tandon and i told him about leap it no one's come on board ki oh my god charity hai or uh mission oriented hai to ye kar lete hain none of that right like they believe in it uh they believe in of course the founders the mission all of that and, and of course we believe in them right we we also gone out to people who built businesses and and that's what we wanted to go after there was no male female oh my god only female will be there i'm very proud i have five women on my cap table but if it's i will go after what will help me grow right and and that is what equality in my head at least is there you go and 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 and, and, and i think you know i bow my hat to that because that exactly to me is what equality is all about yeah uh, but now since we danced around the entire topic let's come to the topic which is what is leap club right we've talked everything about without answering that that simple maybe uh, elevator pitch that you would give out so so uh, i think leap leap dot club is a mystery no i'm kidding so so i think uh, we have a benefits right it's a paid membership uh, like i said our uh, members pay a pay a subscription amount every month to be a part of the network and you get access to a bunch of benefits now beyond the network and the ability to super connect as we call it uh you get access to the best coaches and trainers not just in india even abroad uh so you get one on one coaching uh from them at exclusive member rates we do master classes and huddles with industry icons where you literally sit with them in the same room of course zoom room uh we do this in between members so you're constantly learning from other members also we have academy where we constantly keep adding relevant stuff to read relevant stuff to listen to in fact we want to completely double down on learning content because i think that's what has come out as a big big winner uh, to be honest ad also and uh, yeah today in fact like i was telling you earlier 
we're adding three more benefits in the next two months. Uh, and and I think while primarily with the, there's there's perks, there's yellow pages, we're building a marketplace. So there are a bunch of things coming, right? And and I think the next twelve months for us are super super exciting. I I have this joke that every time my co-founder goes for a vacation which he has now he comes back with five new benefits which i just need to do and and uh, but 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 yeah i think uh, ensuring if, that if sandesha is anywhere listening to this uh, to this podcast she's going to identify with what you're exactly saying right now because whenever i go on vacation i come back with five new ideas for artha but then she has to go and execute cuz she is she is the ceo so yeah completely i i don't know maybe anand and i need to go out on a vacation together you should see the world so he's back on sunday and i'm like oh my god i have to meet him already on sunday and we have to already start working on what we're doing in fem but but i think that's what keeps us on our toes right i think uh, primarily anything that helps our members grow professionally is what we're going to do uh, we also hear a lot of oh my god you guys are trying to do too many things right uh, lots of people say that to us but to be very honest advr right where we're trying to do too many things because we want to see what works best and if it means i have to do 10 things i have to do 10 things but if it yeah. makes people win that's what we're going after i think there's there's enough number of people going after bharat there's enough number of people going after billion dollar valuations i'm going after creating a valuable product every single person has to say i love leap i i this works for me it's helped me move in my career and when you hear those stories like every day i'll get a message from some member saying oh i got this job or i got connected to so and so person or you know this therapist really helped me or this coach really helped me it makes my day it it absolutely makes my day and if it means that i have to wake up at 6 am make notes do all of that it's worth it it's worth every single thing so what's the biggest problem you're solving with leap the the one single problem they're trying to solve uh with leap overall uh i think one big problem is that women don't have access to most things right when i say access to most thing it's it includes upskilling tools it includes a very strong network it includes uh, of course like access to industry icons multiple things but just not having enough people to go to and not in a very mentor mentee setup we're not a mentor mentee setup platform today right uh, i think that concept in fact to be honest for me is very very broken because it it requires a lot of dedication from both parties etc but just a strong network of people who help each other in their professional growth is is what we're looking at what leap is all about and i believe 40% of your membership today and again again it's all female obviously uh yeah. 40% are founders right and and when I, i remember when you guys started i think one of the conversations i had with anand and uh, mushra if you were on the call at that time but we discussed that we, they didn't want to go after females initially but now i'm seeing 40% females so what led to that change right and how is that enriching the overall network because you know you've got executives on one side and you've got founders on one side i'm i'm guessing not all the founders are series b and beyond right i'm guessing some of them are pretty yeah, early as well so you, so how, yeah. but on the other side you've got executives that are probably you know hr heads of gucci and things like that uh, so so how does all that well you know <laughs> you know neha right uh, but how how does all of that get to, i mean what what led to the change in decision and how does all of that work uh, better for all the members right how does it enrich everyone's everyone's life yeah so i'm going to answer that and i think ashwin had also asked how do you identify your early adopters right so so let me just yeah. in fact 
take both. Uh, you're right. When we started, uh, our our common this thing was okay. We understand this life of a Uber or a Dunzo or a Zomato or a Google or a Bain or whatever, right? Like the, it's the life yeah. we've seen. I say, I'm just talking about Anand and I. Our very very limited knowledge tells us that this is who it will hundred percent work from a uh, work for. Uh, but when we started speaking to people, Edu, uh, when women started joining the waitlist, we started seeing a trend. We saw a lot of founders sign up for this, right? A yeah. lot of people joined the waitlist, and I don't know if you know this, but I used to meet every single person in person because this is pre-COVID days. Uh, I would meet them at Cafe Tonino in Gurgaon, uh, in One Horizon Center, meet them for tea, coffee, try to understand. Uh, what is really needed, and at that time we we were just starting up. So if it meant I have to tweak my benefits, I have to tweak my benefits, right? Because we were at that stage, and and then I think again just the passion with which women founders spoke about this and how badly they needed that network, how badly they needed a coach, how badly they needed just a support system. And today yep. I understand it a lot better because. You don't have anyone covering your Slack. You don't have anyone covering for you at work. There is not a single day off. You can try to fool yourself that oh, I am taking three days off, but I will change <laughs> my name if you can actually take three days off and not thinking about and not think about the company that you built, right? So, so I think when that happened, I started speaking to a lot more founders and uh, just just let 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 it happen, right? Figure it out. I'll speak to ten people. If four of them are founders and they resonate, then they resonate. Build it for them, right? And primarily, everyone wants the same thing. It's not yep. like founders want something different, or people in a Gucci or a Google or a Bain or so and so want something different. I have someone who comes with two years of experience. She is doing public policy. I have Sonali who heads, you know, recruitment at Bain. I also have someone who leads mergers and acquisitions at Genpact, and she comes with twenty-seven years of experience. Everyone wants wow. to get to this level. Everyone wants to be coached. Their journeys are different, but their goals are the same, right? And that's what we're trying to do. So even when we started, we thought ten years of experience. This is what our ideal TG. Don't don't answer. Let let I think members answer it, right? And I think we speak to at least three hundred women every single month when we try to onboard wow. them. Literally calls. So so we get this so real time. That it's easy to understand what's working, and it's also very important and easy to know what is not and what can be tweaked. Very interesting, and and you know you raised uh, roughly about two two and a half crores in your first round. We got a list of marquee investors in there. You've got Whiteboard, First Check, Artha India Ventures, uh, Amrish Rao, Deepak Abbott, <coughs> Harpreet Singh. uh grover and uh, you you know you've got obviously the uh, the snapdeal uh, the snapdeal founders as well right on board and but i believe most of this money was picked up pre product yeah right? this is before you even had a product uh how were you able to convince all of these guys i mean uh i won't talk about myself because i know what convinced me but <laughs> but let's talk about the other people because because most of these guys are not you know they're not product stage investors yeah. they usually are people that, that will come what i would call maybe pre series a you know there's a product there is revenues and here you were out there convincing two first time founders out there convincing everyone that we're going to build this amazing product you're going to love it and and nobody else is actually building it in fact there's no there's no uh, direct comparison yeah. it's in you know it's it's a 
it's a uber version of linkedin is what you know most of us would have probably called it and how yeah. did you do that what was that like so anand's a second time founder so he had already started something called pressly back in uh, 2012-2013 when he quit zomato the first time um a big part of what helped in fact for me 90% of uh the reason why i was also okay leaving my job at zomato and doing this was because i was doing it with someone who's done it before right hmm. uh so that was one big plus uh you're right i think we really really lucked out with the best uh i think angels so to speak and i'd, I'd love to know what convinced you but i think uh, we were also i mean and, and of course they took took a bet on the founders they took a bet on the mission uh, but i think they really really believed in the product right and i think what we had and we we done our little bit of research we started speaking to i think uh, a bunch of members there was already initial traction so so they understood that they knew that it's a gold mine right like and and you're right this this nobody doing exactly what we're doing at least in india right and and i think uh, for us what really worked was we were going after founders who had we were going after angels who had been founders uh because we weren't going after money we weren't like oh this person will give x this person will go give y and y is greater than x go to y right we did none of that i think uh, we took money which was literally needed to help us next couple of months uh, we didn't spend it for the longest time anand and i keep talking about how frugal we are with money and it's true <laughs> right? uh but uh, but but yeah i think i'd i'd love to know from you what worked for you but i think primarily for everyone it was the fact that it's a big big enough business right and and i think most vcs will say oh my god only women is it is it a big enough market i think it's a very very solid and very very big enough market and and we're here to say <laughs> it doesn't have to be a massive market if you're the only one or two players in there right even 2 billion 2 billion dollar market with two players creates a billion dollar space but i'll tell you i mean i like to believe competition comes overnight i have seen swiggy not existing to swiggy today existing for zomato uh, so so always but, but you know, I this is not the same place because it's not pure b2c right and and i mean obviously we were donning different hats all of a sudden but i think it's So I'll tell you what convinced me. I, I actually, I actually got this deal. So first of all, it came through Amit from Vista, yeah. from Vista Room. So that obviously already put it right at the gold list, right? The first things that we would check. And I wanted this to be part of our fund, right? I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I believe in. I believe you know there should be something like this, uh, a differentiated club. Uh, but what I really loved about Anand and, and the conversations we had was how quickly and easily you guys would say no. It wasn't about the yeses. you told me no you will not take more money you told me no you won't take i mean i had to literally push to even put a small enough check because i just wanted to be part of this thing and even in the future when i you know i i i i purposely threw anand a few carrots just to see whether he would bite i i yeah. threw a carrot about what what if it's a celebrity what if i could bring deepika padukone or some one of these people on board he was like yeah but you know what i don't really need them i don't really want them. i was like who says no to deepika padukone coming on board and he's like i'm still going to charge her a membership fee And I was like, you know, this guy is either nuts completely, right, or he knows exactly what he's building. So he knows exactly what to say yes to and what to say no to. And yeah. I think whether whether this ends up being a a unicorn or whether this ends up, you know, doing nothing at all. But but I think you need to back that kind of clear vision because at the early stage, if we're not doing that, I don't think we should be early stage investors. 
yeah. right? Because it and I love I love that. I mean, you asked me the questions, I'm answering it for you. But but no, you know, continue to have the ability to say no, right? Because especially in sales, is the the guy who holds all the cards is the guy who can still say no at the negotiating table, right? Uh, and so now, is Leap Cup free for women? It's not. It's, whole, it's never it's not for women or anyone for that matter. Um, I, I have this this thing, or like I don't know. I mean, people might agree, not agree. Uh, but I just feel that when you're building a valuable product, it doesn't come free, right? People don't value things that are free. Yeah. Uh, and and like I said earlier, I think there are multiple people. I mean. For me, it's this. I can just open memberships. I don't have to have a wait list. I can just put a subscription on my website, and I'll get enough people. I know that, right? I can price it at literally nothing, and we'll get yeah. users, right? But it's not the product we're building at all, and it's not the product that we're going to build because I think uh, we need people who are super, super invested. Uh, invested people bring other invested people. Solid people bring other solid people, and if it means that. We have to speak to every single person before onboarding them. We have to, if it helps me get literally the best people. I remember when when you you told me that you know I think uh, a friend of mine wants to join. There's a very very long wait list and and you know how can she get it? And all of that, right? So I think uh, to be able to build that, uh, it takes a lot, right? Yeah. And, and that's something that we we don't want to uh, mess with. Are we married to it? Is it going to be like this for ten years? Absolutely not. I'm I'm just saying that we don't know today, right? But it's it's today in the shape and form that Leap is. It's not going to be free. I think anyone who is invested in that professional growth and wants to really make it to the next level, she will invest. And we have enough and more women who have proved that right. Oh, uh, wait. So how can a woman sign up? It's very very easy. I'm wearing a leap shirt. Uh, you just have to go to <laughs> www.leap.club. You can join the waitlist. Uh, of course, we have seven thousand women. But if you're interested, uh, you can write to me on r at leap.club, and I will see what I can do to bump you up the list. Uh, we have the last few slots left for 2020. Our next set of memberships open in Jan. Uh, primarily, always sold out. Uh, but but yeah, I think that like I said, there is there is enough in the market so, to talk Next thing I'm gonna do is is the part of the show that I've not talked to you about at all, which is uh, the rapid fire round, right? We're gonna ask you a series of questions. I am a cage You you do get hampers, you know, you do get a hamper, but just uh, you'd have to wait for wait for a couple of months. <laughs> You're on the you'll be on the wait list. Nicely <laughs> done. <laughs> So first question, are you ready? I think I am. <laughs> okay, Peter Thiel question. One thing that you know to be true, but very few people agree with you on it. Follow your gut. One piece of advice to founders about fundraising. Be very, very careful while picking your investors. Uh, go after people who believe in you, who believe in your product and will back you up no matter what. Uh, don't go after who throws the largest check. Who's your favorite superhero and why? My favorite superhero. Um, so, so I'm not a major superhero person, but my favorite superhero today is Kamala Harris. And full kudos to the girl who has gone, I think, above and beyond what, what everyone thought. And I think uh, she is my favorite superhero today. 
Wonderful, wonderful example. I mean, wow, what a victory. Uh, next, I think scaling before profitability or profitability before scaling, which one do you choose? Latter, profitability before scaling. And why? I like to see money in the bank, uh, to be honest. <laughs> you have to be 100%. Like, at least I'm a personal believer of, of someone who wants to build a business that makes money. Um, I, I don't want to make a loss making business. Like I would rather have 10,000 happy paying customers who pay X amount versus a million customers. Yeah. Loss making. Uh, no, I'm, I'm the former. Then. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. If you could, if you could pick the brain of one person, right. And you can't say Kamala Harris now. So if you could pick the brain of one person for 24 hours, ask them anything you want, who would it be? Donald Trump. What's he oh thinking? my God. <laughs> I don't think you need 24 hours for that. You just need three tweets. Just read the last few tweets. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think, of course, my ideal answer here would be Obama, but I'm going to go with Donald Trump because I really want to know what he's thinking. <laughs> so, are you a morning person or night person? 100% morning person. I wake up at 6 a.m. every single day. Wow. One thing you would like to change about the Indian startup ecosystem? Bharat, can I say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take the Bharat. No, no. I, th I think we need to start going after, we need to start backing people who build valuable products versus, again, I've said it so many times because I genuinely do believe in it, but versus people who are just going after the market size. So, yeah, back valuable products. And back, what is one thing and I, I think you've sort of answered it, but 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 let's let's get it out on the table. According to you, what is one thing investors should bring to the table other than money? A lot of respect for founders. It's a very different one, but I think respecting and I think trusting the founder to take the right call is something that a lot of investors need to start doing because I think eventually who's running the business will not be your analyst. It will be the founder. Uh, and I don't think anyone knows the company more than the founder does. So that. And but but respect also is a very wide term. Like, could you be respect more little more specific? Sorry, I'll, I'll be more. Yeah, yeah. Respect the founder's decision. Completely agree yeah, with I, that. I, I think I, at the end, end of the day, we can. I mean, we can give all the advice we want, but but the right mentor would still leave it on to you yeah. to make the decision. The point is to show you both sides of the coin. And that yeah. advice is super important. And I think. Like I said, I, th I think our angels are super, super committed and they're, they're very understanding and they always tell us that, okay, these are our two cents, but your call, right? And I think we, that, which is why I say we lucked out, right? Because I think that is, that is key. Just, just being happy. <laughs> so what's your typical morning routine since you're a morning person? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I wake up uh, decently early. I, if, if like on a day, the AQI is okay in Delhi, I try to do yoga. I try to. Uh, get my now morning black tea because I've completely gone off coffee. I water the plants, yeah. I listen to music. My first two hours are my me time because I get no other me time in the day. Uh, so I try to, I try, uh, try being the keyword here. I try to reduce as much screen time as possible before, of course, the madness begins for me at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. And if you were to be convicted for a crime, what would it be? OCD. OCD. <laughs> On what? Are you OCD like Monica? Because I know I know you said OCD like Monica in one of our conversations earlier. Yeah, like 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 cleanliness and hygiene. That. <laughs>
going, going, after, we're, we're going after perfection. Yeah. What one thing you must do before you go before you go to sleep? Like it, it, you cannot get sleep unless you check your email. Three books you would recommend to founders, and I know you read a lot. So, so I think one hundred percent. Please get it. I, I'm literally the spokesperson for this book right now. I really like the hard things about hard things, and I think Principles by Ray Dalio is yeah. one of my favorites as well. I think I keep going back to it every time I I want to and have to go back to it, and which is pretty often. Um, apart from that, I think there are lots of great podcasts also. But uh, I think something that I wish I started doing earlier is start reading and listening to these podcasts a lot more often. So, so if you ask so, me, and that's my last question, which is, what's one blog or podcast you are following right now, or the last one you did? Ah, uh, the Tony Robbins podcast. And uh, oh, like, wow. if you're asking me the Indian this thing, then I think Hundred X Entrepreneur is pretty decent. um how i built this guy guy raz is pretty decent as well like tony that. i'm a bit i'm a big follower of tony robbins 15 years now and in fact this morning i was listening to the one with excuse me i said how old are you <laughs> young enough <laughs> but but i i was listening this morning and a great one uh, the episode on sarah blakely and yeah. how she built uh, you know spanks and i i mean i forwarded to a lot of people so uh, again great great podcast to follow tony robbins so if i could ask my team to put all those uh, books and and uh, podcasts in the comment section we're going to take uh, a quick couple of questions ragini you know we're already over time but let's just take the dcs question here being an entrepreneur for an innovative startup can be a tough road in difficult moments how do you stay focused on moving forward and making progress uh take breaks take enough breaks i think uh we just uh, we we ne i mean everyone just glamorizes this entire entrepreneurial lifestyle so much and it it's not that at all she's like of course you're absolutely right it's a very very tough road there will be a hundred difficult moments every day if not every week right uh, and i think the only way to really uh, stay focused and keep moving forward is to take those breaks uh, look at it from a macro view and and not be 100% at it because when you're doing that uh you get so invested in the problem or you get so invested in it that it's very very difficult to zoom out so i think that zoom out and taking those breaks is is something that i recommend uh quite a lot uh i don't do it enough uh i'm guilty of being that person who doesn't take enough breaks uh but but i'm i'm trying to change that for sure that's very important it's what you're talking about is sometimes you have to go to work on the business versus in the business and for that to happen you have to you have to you have to and i say it have to have to have to at least once a month if you know once a month take a weekend off and and start thinking about the longer term vision of the business and not just what you're doing on a daily basis because sometimes you know fighting in the trenches and using an army example here uh, sometimes yeah. you're just fighting in the trenches not realizing the war is being fought somewhere else right Absolutely. and uh, you know and that's that's the key So I, I think with that, I know I've kept everybody up, and you, you know, you have an early morning too. So with that, I think we'll bring this interview to an end. But before we go, Ragini, any final thoughts for uh, for the people listening in? Uh, I, I mean, it comes in perfect timing, but uh, I'm I'm going to repeat what I said last, Eli. I think uh, take enough sanity breaks, uh, recharge, recoup, work hundred percent hard. Uh, but but take enough breaks because the burnout is real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is 
this year more than ever right because there's no there's no work life balance right now so with that thank you so much ragini really enjoyed episode 22 i mean could not have been a more fitting uh, episode and uh, and look forward to you know having you back in a future episode maybe uh, talking about 200000 members and and being one of the fastest subscriber organization absolutely <laughs> all right guys bye, bye everybody thank you yeah, everyone take care